Welcome to today's episode of Let's Talk About It, a podcast where we look at the morality of deception. Is it okay to lie if it's for the good of others? Here's the thing, I have no idea. So in each episode, we'll get other people's opinions, look at expert advice and academic articles, all through the lens of biblical and historical events. Enough of me talking. Let's get to talking about it. I'll see you in there. Here's what you need to know. We're talking about Rahab and Judges 2 today and Andre de John in World War II France. And the stories are eerily similar. To start with Rahab and Judges 2, we're introduced to the Israelites who are riding this wave of victory, beating country after country and city after city, and they're going to scope out their next city, which is Jericho. Now, you can imagine the people of Jericho, word gets around fast. The people of Jericho hear about Israel's just, I mean, absolute domination of victories, which is with the help of their God, by the way. But they they hear about Israelites' victories and they're scared. They're terrified. They're next on the list and it's not looking good. And so Israel sends out these spies, check out episode one. They send out these spies to scope out the city, see what it's like. And these Israelite men come to Rahab's house, a lady in Jericho who's a prostitute. Her house is in the wall. So we don't know their motives for going there, but we know she had a great strategic location for escape. She takes the men in. She hides them on her roof. And when the king's men come looking for the Israelite spies that they heard about, she lies to protect their whereabouts and says they've left the city when they're really on the roof. Now, Rahab ultimately ends up saving the spies' lives, in turn saving her family's lives, and then she's commended for her faith a chapter later. Fast forward to World War II, and we get a look at France. There's a book called The Nightingale, and it is based off of Andre de Jones' actions, and she's one of the many French people that resisted German forces while they occupied France during World War II. And what Andre would do is she would help downed allied airmen. She would seek shelter for them. And then she would hide them in in different safe houses throughout France. And then she would trek with them through the mountains to return to allied territory. Now, there also isn't confirmed fact, but know that this happened. And people think that her sister also helped hide Jewish children in houses lying about the fact that they had Jewish children in their houses, but they ended up saving tons of lives by lying to the German authorities and ultimately helping people that they said were the enemy. Now, today we're looking at deception to protect others' lives. Is it moral? Is it okay? David Livingston Smith published in Britannica about the morality and the history of lying. Now, what he said is that psychologists have studied the frequency of lying, the motives of lying, and the methods of lying for years. And for the most part, they all agree. They all agree that there's some pattern and basis for this. But however, there's a widespread spectrum on the morality of lying. For example, deep thinker Plato endorses noble lies, saying if they're good for social harmony, have at it. On the opposite end, Augustine says that lying is always impermissible and never acceptable. Then to muddy the waters even more, Aquinas said that lying is wrong, but it's acceptable to avoid telling the truth. 
Now, because so many people have so many differing opinions on the morality of lying, I thought to ask some people that I think know a lot. And on today's lineup, who we've got talking is Katie Wilson, my high school best friend and huge fan of the Nightingale and World War II story, Cameron Hawkins, a Taylor University graduate with a history degree and one of my wildest friends, Erica Mortland, a lady I look up to a lot with a heart for the passion and the vulnerable, and lastly, my younger sister, Morgan, a political science fiend who holds strong convictions that make me think deeper about things. Without further ado, let's hear what they have to say. Katie Wilson. Hello. Great to have you here. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks. (laughs) Katie, we're looking at Rahab and Judges 2. We're looking at Andre de John, or basically the book The Nightingale in World War II France. Mm. In both instances, people lie to protect other people's whereabouts and ultimately save their lives, probably. What do you think of this? Is it deceptive? Is it admirable? Is it, should it be done? Should it not be done? What are your thoughts? Um, Both are very interesting stories. Um, I love The Nightingale and the story of Rahab. Both are great stories. Um, And I think that's tough. I mean, like, obviously, I think from a very straightforward standpoint, like you hear, is deception good? And in... Um, I think anyone's mind, whether you're a Christian or not, it's like, no, like, just don't lie, right? Like, sure, people right. do it. Yeah. But I think yeah. it, I would say that that's commonly accepted, that that's not, like, the best form of practice in the business world or um, school or anything. Like, yes, it's done, but I would say generally people accept that that's not great. Um, but then you look at those stories and they're, like, very different states and very different Mm. um matters because I think it's like a life is involved um so I think that's where it's like ooh, like all of a sudden it takes a different um meaning and a different approach I would say definitely I would love to say that I would be willing to be (laughs) dishonest honestly in this case because like it's saving lives like um I can't remember I was a long time ago I read the nightingale um but what's the lady who hides the Jews basically and saves their lives. Like I think looking from the outside, like looking back, it's like, Oh, we know that that was clearly like the right thing to do. And those people are like, um, like set, like honored and celebrated for what they did. But I think in the moment it'd be really hard. Like you're risking your own life for that. And, but I'd like to think I'd be willing to, and just like, I don't know, you were talking about, like, the authority and stuff of, like, you know. um, Right. And I think it honestly comes down to, like, who do we fear more, like, man Mm -hmm. or God? I really liked what Katie had to say about selflessness and the idea that if we were to put on Rahab and Andre de John's shoes, would we do the same thing? And just her point of really looking at honoring and protecting people over protecting the law. I think it really resonates with an article that I read and it is by Geoffrey McCord. He published this in 1989. It's called Deceptions and Reasons to be Moral. 
and he looks at Hobbes and Hume, which are two deep thinkers, if I understand correctly. And he basically analyzes Hobbes and Hume. And what Hobbes and Hume say is that being moral can sometimes be irrational. That there may be no self-interest in some to be moral. And they kind of spin it another way. That it's almost this survival technique that justice has to give way to self-preservation. And really recognize that integrity is something to be not to be held lightly. But just back to the quote of being moral can sometimes be irrational. That when we're standing in these tough situations, like saving people's lives by hiding them on the roof or hiding them in your basement during a war, that is not at all rational. It doesn't at all go at the letter of the law. But in our heart of hearts, in, in, in Katie's heart of hearts, and in Rahab and Andre de John's heart of hearts, it was the right thing to do, even though it may have been irrational. So when we're looking at things like tricky issues of deception and protecting other people, it's important to note that selflessness is not always rational. Kim, great to talk to you. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, happy living life, uh, finding, finding joys during quarantine. Absolutely. Sounds like you. Well, Kim, I would love to get your perspective. We are talking about Rahab. We're talking about Andre de John, I think is how you say your name. But just looking at deception when you lie to protect others. Would love to hear your thoughts on this. Of Is it okay? Is it moral? Um, really, anything you have to say, would love to hear it. So my thought at first was just like, yeah, just don't do it because so far in my life, um, I think there's always a, a better way to, to like resolve something a more honorable way than to like lie or be deceptive about it. Um, but as I have considered it a little more deeply, I think my opinion has changed now to, I think that like in, okay. So like, in the Bible, the Pharisees are very letter of the law and they take everything to this most extreme of literalness that it, it's like it defeats the purpose of the law. Right, right. So the law is perfect and good as what Jesus says. Um, and Paul writes about this, too, saying, like, it's not the law's fault that we screw it up. But because of our nature, we screw up the law because um, our hearts are wicked. Um and so we miss the whole point, even if we're, even if we are able to follow the law perfectly, which no one can, but even if mm-hmm. we were to be able to do that, we would still be so, we'd be so arrogant about doing that. And it would be a checklist instead of this whole like relationship pursuit of God. Yeah. It would, it would be about us being righteous and more righteous than others, which would defeat the whole purpose of it. Hmm. When really the law is meant, you know, the law is made for man, not man for the law. Hmm. Um, and so it's not meant to be something that we are slaves to um, that controls us in a way that uh, that we can't reason and think and make a good decision on our own. But it's just a robotic following of, of a rule because it's the rule. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same way, certain scenarios, like if you're defending someone else or doing something that is not out of selfish ambition, but for um 
honorable um, reasons, then I think that there are some slight gray areas that it would be like appropriate to have some sort of deception. Hmm. Cam makes some really good points about defending honorable reasons and looking to honor God over honoring the law. And it's interesting because his viewpoints actually come in pretty stark contrast with Bodie Hodges, who wrote an article on the Answers in Genesis in 2009 about the idea of righteous lies. Now, he was specifically looking at Rahab's case. And this is what Bodhi has to say. The ninth commandment says don't lie. And so consider the fact that we're all sentenced to die one day as sinners. Romans 5 lets us in on that fact. And so he says if we keep someone alive for a matter of moments in comparison to the, the length of eternity, is high treason against the creator of the world worth it? He, he likens it, I think this is pretty bold, but he likens it to jailers coming in to get your prison roommate for the electric chair and you lie about his whereabouts when he's obviously hiding under the covers. Now, this is a bold statement, and there for sure is a difference between lying to save one's own life and lying to save another's life. And Bodhi would say that our actions towards God trump actions toward men, and that when it comes to saving others' lives with deception, that why would we sacrifice our integrity and why would we sacrifice just what we have devoted to the creator of the world um, to do what's right in our eyes? And... I get his point, but honestly, it makes me frustrated because I think we are, we are filled with the Holy Spirit and given a sound mind. And so to what extent does that have to play? I don't know. Cam and Bodhi say different things and both are very valid points. Let's hear more. Next up on the docket is Erica Mortland. And Erica is actually currently in Tennessee taking care of a new grandbaby. So congratulations, Erica. And sorry for the rest of you because that means more of my voice. But I'll be reading responses from Erica via email. So Erica says when it comes to morality, it's morality isn't something that can be held or measured. And so she says when we look at Rahab's story and French citizen stories like Andre de John, their actions aren't just commendable, but more than that, they're necessary. She says, not only were lives saved, but those who were the deceivers were able to indirectly change the course of history and individual future and stories. Rahab's fear and awe of who she heard the Lord to be not only speaks of God using anyone, but of his faithfulness and reward to her and making her a part of the line of Jesus. Had she not lied and the spies been caught, how would the story of Jericho have played out? And she goes on to talk a little bit about how her belief in God and her faith in God then informs decisions. So that might look different um, for unbelievers. And that is, a, that is a whole other topic for a whole other day. But I, I totally agree with Erica when, it's, when we're looking at actions that are not just commendable, but they're necessary. It reminds me of studies done that look at the motives for deception. And one of them is survival. And when it comes down to it, people are laying their lives selflessly on the line for other people that they might survive. It's not to get a bonus check. It's not to enhance any self-interest, but it is to save the life of another human being, which is not just commendable, but it's necessary. 
Morgan, hello. Hey, Lauren. Great to be in your bedroom. <laughs> Great to have you here. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I love this house. So let's hop to it. Okay. We've got Rahab. We've got World War II France, the Nightingale, Andre de John. Yeah. Both lie to the authorities. Mm-hmm. It ends up saving people's lives. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on this? I, um, I thought of... Uh, Henry David Thoreau's civil disobedience, even though um, that's obviously like early American <laughs> writing and um, philosophy. Obviously, as we all know. Sorry, that was a little condescending. <laughs> but uh, I um, didn't know, by the way. Um, but I thought about that in the sense that uh, Thoreau was like a writer that didn't really think that the law had to apply to him. So he uh, wrote about this idea of civil disobedience that if you have something like morally or ethically or you just don't believe in a law that society is putting in place then you just don't have to be a part of that machine and you don't have to follow it his was more with taxes and he ended up getting like put in jail because he didn't ever pay them but um i think like that idea can be applied to this situation because you don't you you don't have as much of an obligation um to a society as you probably think like if a moral goes against or if a rule or law goes against your moral code obviously if it's like killing a person that's there's a deeper issue there (laughs) you should get some things figured out but um what obligation do you have to certain people that you live near and um I think that like the idea of civil disobedience and following what you think is in line with your moral code kind of ties into the idea of deception and if it is okay to lie in certain situations um I think as long as it's not for like personal gain and it's Mm -hmm. actually like following your actual law of ethics and what you set out for yourself um that is more moral but obviously like society in the past has gotten it wrong I mean governments have been horrible like Nazi Germany in this case here and um I mean Rahab is an exception to like she was pretty clear and um like she was praised for what she did so mm-hmm. uh, I think that there's a fine line with it, it there always is so mm-hmm. like always Morgan says something genius that makes you think and that something genius was Henry David Thoreau's civil disobedience And so when you look at civil disobedience, basically this idea that if you're at odds with the government, follow your conscience toward whatever means. So for Rahab and for French citizens in World War II, this looked like being deceptive toward authorities. Now, this is interesting to put these just situations in contrast with a guy named Hample Steady. Hample published Four Deceptive Motives in the Purpose and Effects of Lying in 1980. And he just looked at the motives of deception and this multi-study design. And what he found is that results showed that two-thirds of self-reported liars do so for selfish reasons. And so Rahab and French citizens and other deception instances may be exceptions here because they're not for selfish reasons. So it's important to differentiate that, especially when it comes to civil disobedience. If it's for your own good and your own selfish gain, is that for the best of everyone involved? I don't think so. It really comes back again to positive and negative valence. Who are you working for and what is your motivation behind it? Is it to help others? Is it to help yourself? And if it's to help yourself, I think we just 
that just yields to relativism and how will we ever get anything done? Here it is, the moment you've all been waiting for, the million dollar question. Is deception moral? Let's hear what we have to say. I think in the end, it, it is. Like, it's, I think that life is more valuable than that. Um, and I don't know if it's the right view, but I would say that if I were to say, like, it's not okay, then I feel like then I'm erring on the side of, like, legalism. Like, okay, the Bible mm-hmm. says do not lie. I will not lie. And that people are going to die because of that. Um, and so, yeah, I think that just goes down to the heart. And I would say that it is okay in those situations. Oh, my goodness. Um, I would say it's difficult to make a black and white statement on many things. There are some things that are black and white, absolutely, like Jesus is God's son died on the cross to pay for our sins is black and white. And then there's a lot, a lot of other things that are more gray area. And I would say that this is one of those gray area things that um, 99.9% of the time lying and deception is wrong. Um, but from, in my opinion, this is purely Cam's opinion on <laughs> My so far discovery of this this journey, um, I would say that it is a gray area. Does it have to be, I can't say yes and no? You can say yes and no. Okay, I'm going to say yes and no then. I think that, yeah, that there's just a gray area. And you as a person, you know it when you see it. It's not, if it's unclear to you, then it's probably wrong. But there like I said, it's a fine line, but you can, you know it when you see it and it's very obvious to you as a person, if something inside of you is telling you that you shouldn't do it or you should do it, then follow those leadings. I hate the way I said that. I'm sorry. And there you have it. Thank you, Morgan, for your time and your insights today. I don't know if it's that much, but I appreciate being on the podcast. Erica would say no. There is no black and white when it comes to deception. Again, the ethics of God, loving others as yourself and as Christ would have loved you, far outweigh the issue of morality and are standards that I am inclined to live by. We have all of our opinions and we've looked at different academic articles. Let's go ahead and review them, mainly to remind ourselves and to buy myself time before I state my final verdict. But Katie said, yes, deception is okay to save someone's life. And we looked at this idea of irrational selflessness, that sometimes things don't make sense, but they're the right thing to do, maybe. Cam, Morgan, and Erica all said this is a gray area, and it might be situational. And they came at it from a little bit of different angles. Morgan said it's a gray area, and you'll know it when you see it, and talked about this idea of civil disobedience from Henry David Thoreau. And that with that comes a responsibility for you to have your own moral code. Cam said it is gray for sure and most of the time probably not okay. But there are situations where it might be okay to not err on the side of legalism. 
Erica would follow that up and say, also, it's a gray area and says that loving others trumps our our ethics, essentially. And they all have very valid points here. And at the root of all of their points and at the root of all of these academic articles, besides the Answers in Genesis article, is this idea of putting people above a law. And I think that is an, of extreme value. I'm reminded of the Pharisees that they're called whitewashed tombs because they stuck so much to the law that they forgot to see the people that they, it applied to. The law was made for man and man wasn't made for the law. So in this instance, when it comes to deception and morality, I think I'm going to have to agree with pretty much all four people and say that, yes, it depends on the situation, but more than anything, loving others as Christ loved us is more important than a set of rules here. And there you have it. That is the end of episode three. We'll see you next time on You Guessed It, episode four. See you then.